Welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today it's Year in Movies. So many movies. So many movies. Uh, but first we have to talk about three that we've recently seen that we need to talk about so we can tell you what we thought about them. That's true. We did see some more movies. Yes. Yeah, so first, Violent Night. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. So this movie just seems like it is right up my alley. It's about Christmas. It's kind of, it's kind of a horror film. It's got David Harbour. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with how sexually attracted I am to the Santa Claus on this film. Um, this movie's great. <laughs> is it stupid? Yes. Is it fun? Yes. Just getting to watch Santa Claus wholesale murder people violently bloody. It's quite good. Yeah, it's great. And also it get pays a lot of homage to Home Alone, which is my favorite Christmas movie. So it's a lot of fun. Add it, just add it to your uh your Christmas rotation. Yeah. It should be in your in your Christmas fun, but not for the kids. Definitely no. not for the kids. No, not for the kids. Next we saw Babylon. A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess, tracing the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. I'm so mad at this movie. Once again, Damien Chazelle does not know how to tell an actual story. And he cannot work with a cinematographer in order to have things in focus that didn't bother me as much as it bothers you <laughs> it bothers me so badly like performances are great uh i think the the biggest redeeming quality of this film was the music because i actually thought it was really great like i think the score is cool i don't know if it's original or not but i really like the music that they're using there are some sequences that are super well done and are interesting but they didn't know what story they were telling the movie ends about five different times, and there's just grotesqueness that serves no purpose. It's mediocrity in search of a story. The, the actors somehow polished the turd to make it watchable. Mm -hmm. Like, I will say this. This movie was better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because at least the acting made it interesting Fair. for a good chunk of it. It's, it's thoroughly just bleh. And like... Mm -hmm. I, the other thing is not to give away the ending because some people will watch it and I think some people will really enjoy it. Like mm -hmm. La La Land was polarizing in that way as well. But the sort of just overarchingness of literally pulling an MST3K, mm -hmm. breaking the cardinal rule of Mystery Science Theater 3000, man, that's that's just bad filmmaking. Yep. <laughs> um. And this guy showed such promise with Whiplash, and I'm real concerned that that had nothing to do with him. Like, he just caught fire in a pan, and now they're going to give him $250 million every time to make movies like this that flop. Yep. It's, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Finally, we saw The Whale. A reclusive English teacher attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Uh, I, I really liked this movie. I feel like we could go on and on and on about like some of the different commentary on this film. Ultimately, I thought it was really well done. Brendan Fraser is amazing. I really I liked this movie way more than I thought I would. I need to caveat this with two things. One, it took me a little while to process this film. 
because it hit very close to home. That being said, I think it's a very good movie. I think the acting's phenomenal. I do think that the script and the filmmaking are sometimes so on the nose as to be almost cloying and pandering to the audience. That's partly because this is a stage play, and at times it feels super, super stagey instead of feeling like a natural movie. I would have enjoyed this more if there were stylistic choices to just make it real and not try to frame it so in your face. That's more of a personal take on my part, mm-hmm. as opposed to necessarily something that everybody will find. Mm-hmm. I just, there's a part of me that wishes that instead of trying to sort of play up certain elements of of emotional height that they just would have let things lie where they were and let the emotions develop that way and that just might be my personal taste of movies regardless it's still a very very good movie it's going to be harsh it's gonna it's a hard watch it's Mm -hmm. a very hard watch but i think it is a beautiful story i just don't know that it's been told in the best way it could be okay I, th- I think that's diplomatic, considering what my initial reaction to the film was. Uh, yes, it's definitely uh, better than what David was saying when we left the theater. Um, I needed, I, I definitely needed some time to really just sit with it. But mm-hmm. I think I, it just comes down to as like, this is not the way I would have told this story. Which fair, like that's that's fair. All right. Well, now that we've gotten up to date with everything we've seen, David, I need you to run through the list of movies of new movies we saw this year. The Tragedy of Macbeth, Scream, Death on the Nile, Marry Me, Uncharted, The Batman, Turning Red, The Lost City, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Sonic 2, Bullet Train, The Northman, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Doctor Strange, Downton Abbey, Top Gun, Maverick, Jurassic World Dominion, The Black Phone, Elvis, Thor, Love and Thunder, Nope, Bodies, 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 The Woman King, Don't Worry Darling, Bros, Black Adam, The Banshees of Inishera, Ticket to Paradise, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, The Menu, Glass Onion, The Fablemans, Halloween Ends, Violent Night, Babylon, and The Whale. All right. So we're going to start this with our bottom selection. We do a bottom (laughs) three. Uh, I also have an honorable mention for my bottom three, but. Why uh, so do I? Okay, so let's start with honorable mention. These are people that this is like our number four. (laughs) Number four, or sometimes it's we thought this one thing was bad about this movie, even though we didn't necessarily think it was the worst thing we ever saw. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's going to be Don't Worry, Darling. Okay. I had several different movies that I I had listed on, on here. Don't Worry, Darling is really not a bad movie. It's also not a good movie. It's also not a fine movie. It is maybe the most middle-of-the-road meh movie I've ever seen in my life. And the amount of outside-the-movie hype Mm -hmm. and notoriety Mm -hmm. and infamy that came with this was one of the most fun things to see in celebrity gossip in many, many years. Like, this is like 1940s, 50s-level studio fuckery with actors all up in each other's business. Oh, yeah. But then for the movie... To be so mediocre was one of the funniest things to me. My favorite review of that movie so far has been, out of all of the movies that have come out in the year 2022, Don't Worry Darling is one of them. <laughs> it, is, it is a film 
that it, it is it is a piece of cinema put onto film on a camera and that is something that you can see in a movie theater that's that is literally the only thing i have to say about that movie <laughs> i mean those are facts so it's it's one of the most incredible examples of how did a movie that was not even bad it was just was a movie get so much press yeah i i had to put it there because it's just one of the funniest things to happen this year um okay like i i i can't argue with all of that but my honorable mention in that this was a movie that was not good but it wasn't like pure garbage there are things about it that i did enjoy was gonna be bodies 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 fair um i i i went into this film with probably too high of expectations but i really wanted to like it and I love the cast. I think they're great. Uh, I, I think the conceit was interesting, but the execution was just so bland. Bland. It fizzled. It, it fizzled really quick. It fizzled real hard. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, you could have done better. Like You could have done better. That's why it's my honorable mention for worst film for me. That's also a movie, though, that even though it would it would definitely be in the like, that's hey, disappointing. I also still sense a lot of promise from the filmmakers where it's like, well, y'all didn't stick the landing with this one, but y'all had a lot of fun ideas that I can't wait to see what you do when you get better at this. Mm -hmm. All right. Are we ready to go through our bottom three? Yes. Coming in at number three for me mm -hmm. is Babylon. Okay. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen this year because, again, there are such moments of brilliance, especially mm -hmm. in sure. acting. But to make me sit through a movie that is three plus hours long that has no point being that long that you could have told in two. Mm -hmm. And in fact, to, to learn in an interview recently that he filmed a two-hour version on an iPhone to prepare for the film. Yeah, no. And had a whole cut that was only two hours. What the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the two-hour iPhone version. Give me that. It's probably better. Probably. Probably in focus. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, it, it's just... It, it's yeah. so overblown bad and there are great things in it and some people are gonna love it just like mm -hmm. some people loved la la land and i'm gonna think they're wrong but okay <laughs> so my number three is death on the nile Ooh, all right i didn't see this so i can't rank it this film had so much promise had a great cast the first one murder on the orient express was fabulous they've made this film before and it was it, as far as most people talked about it's it pretty good this movie is so bad <laughs> it's so bad it goes on and on and on and on and yes they're doing the thing where you know it's trying it's trying to trip you up because they know you're coming to the second murder mystery and you're like you're on alert to like for red herrings cool i'm fine with that um no and and not only no but this film was just like it's just filled with a bunch of problematic people <laughs> so um, many problematic so many problems and i just it, i was it's so boring it's so boring that's why it's number three you had so much promise you had every sense that something was going to go wrong with that movie when you saw that champagne line from gal gadot and you're like mm -hmm. oh no yeah <laughs> oh no that's a bad line reading nope not even close so bad <laughs> all right let's go to number two for me hey black adam all right. I uh, now I talked about Don't Worry Darling being the most mid movie of the year. Yeah. Black Adam is an utter exercise in trite superhero mediocrity. Okay. 
I mean, this is this is about the blandest you can make a superhero movie. Mm -hmm. It is there's nothing in this movie of any interest other than some of the sort of cultural storylines involved. And even that felt so ridiculously signposted and trivialized. Everything about this movie was just boring. Like it gets my vote for the number one, just most boring movie of the year. So I don't disagree. Like it's a very boring film in terms of like superheroes and whatnot. Um, I've come to expect better. What with Marvel. Um, but I guess because I didn't know anything about Black Adam, I didn't care. I was like, all right, cool. Make I didn't know anything a... about Black Adam either. This made me not care about the character at all. Well, I still don't care. But also, whatever. Like, it doesn't bother me. It, I, I, I've i talked about multiple times. The thing that will get you the worst on my list is when you just aim for nothing creatively interesting. Yeah. I am more mad at movies that do that than movies like Babylon, where, look, you swung for the fences. You did a terrible fucking job, but you did swing for the fences. Mm -hmm. And I will give you credit for that. I will not give you credit if you try to make something that is just supposed to please everyone and has nothing interesting to say. Mm -hmm. This movie has nothing interesting to say at all. Yeah. All right, my number two is Babylon. There we go. Um, it's fucking awful. But yeah. the, the crime for me... <laughs> is that there's a section of this movie that is trying to pay homage to one of my favorite films of all time, that being Singing in the Rain. We've talked about Singing in the Rain on this show. And one of the great things about Singing in the Rain is that it's it points the cam it points the story to behind the camera and the problem that silent film actors had. And one of the really interesting pieces of that movie, which is kind of the whole conceit of the movie, is when people who did not have great voices started doing talking pictures, they got dubbed. And I'm going to spoil this part of Babylon. They never touch on that in any way, shape, or form. Completely missed the boat on that piece of film history, which is such an insult to what is supposedly the period he's trying to talk about. He, he completely glosses over it, and he's trying to emulate it and like be as good as that and it's like you don't even come close and you're shitting on it while you're doing this and it's kind of the same thing he did with la la land it's like i'm making a new musical no you're fucking not this is not a musical stop it like yeah the only reason it's not the worst film for me is that there are things about this film that i feel are redeeming i.e the performances um it's beautiful and i again i think the score the music whether it's original or not was used very very well so it's got some redeeming qualities, but I am bended for Singing in the Rain. My favorite critical review so far is Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, who's directed some movies, mm. came out and said, I'm not sure they did the research. Nope. And it's very funny because Chazelle has been all over talking about all this treasure trove of research he did for the film and how he's just kept so close to it and is like, um, one of the greatest screenwriters in movie history mm -hmm. just not even like brutally, just very, very matter of factly said, yeah, I don't think you paid any attention to what really happened in Hollywood history. Yeah, you may have done the research, but you didn't apply any of it to what you were doing <laughs> to to completely gloss over the dubbing is unacceptable for this story. 
Oh, there's and there's so many other things that he's sure. just completely ignoring. <laughs> Uh, uh, he's he he does so many like he makes a lot of film crimes in this movie so it's a two um so so that leads us with number one what is your number one i wonder if we're gonna match up here i'm i'm very nervous because dave and i have not compared lists we can usually guess what's going to be on our top five um but we don't talk about them like our lists are secret so i'm very i'm gonna laugh really hard if we have the same first jurassic world dominion no really we are not we do not match up but okay all right uh i think i might know what yours is this is one of the worst told stories i've ever seen in my life i don't know i i I, colin trevorrow has made decent films yeah jurassic world is good this is flat out garbage it is i mean the crime for me here is that Mm -hmm. you took a franchise that has so much potential for storytelling Mm -hmm. so many different things and over the course of three sequels, you made it, you bogged it down in so much crap that doesn't matter. Um, I, I don't think that's fair. I, the last two, the two, the Jurassic World was fine. It's totally no, fine. That's what I'm saying. Over, over the course of the movies, Jurassic World was great. And then he kept layering in bullshit. Yeah. Like he kept trying to make the, the story more dense. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Even Spielberg admits that a seat that doing the lost world was a bad idea. Yeah. Like Spielberg came out and was like, yeah, we never should have done sequels. We just shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Because the original stood up as such an incredible movie and Jurassic world is not as good as Jurassic park, but it is highly entertaining. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. The fan service is the only thing that I got out of this movie. And man, if that's all you're doing, you've given nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> the only fun part is it's not even the lines that they're saying it's just getting to see jeff goldblum sam neill and laura dern say lines together that's it that's the only fun thing about this movie and that alone doesn't even cover it i mean i knew from the first like 10 minutes in the movie where the first conversation with Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt's characters is just pure exposition. Yeah. Like I knew, oh fuck. <laughs> this is not gonna be fun to watch. All right. It really was. It's like the Space Jam a new legacy thing for me, hmm. where it's just like, y'all didn't even try. Oh, I don't disagree. But on this one, I think it's really it's it's the crime for me of ruining a franchise that I'm like, what are y'all? doing with this mm-hmm. it's fucking dinosaurs where is the fun though i will say when the dinosaurs did come on screen it was pretty fucking awesome but also we were moving around in a d-box seat so i mean it was a fun experience really i guess was. i guess that's probably why i'm just like i don't care i just don't <laughs> care i tried not to care but every time they talked it just grated on me it yeah. was it was by far this the worst thing i've seen Okay, so we did not match on our number one. My number one is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I saw that one coming. The only thing that redeems this film is the concept. Concept is hilarious. It's so good. The trailer, whoever made the trailer, good job. The film is awful. Acting, not great. And I love Pedro Pascal, so it hurts me to say that. But like, it's boring. I was bored for a solid hour and a half. And like... (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. Like, there's no jokes from it that I'm like, that's worth repeating. Or like, 
Like there's just no moments where I'm like, this is like, all right, this was fine. It was just bad. It was just bad. It wasn't that bad. Okay. Well, I was mad about it being that bad. Like you're mad about Black Adam and Jurassic Park. Those were bad. I don't disagree. But you were mad at them. Yeah. I, I don't care. I was like, I, 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 it's probably because I had no expectations. This one, I had expectations and I was so disappointed. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's, it's, it's a no. It's a big fat no. It's my worst film of the year. Yeah, I think that one, that one for me was more, I could see where they were, what they were trying to do and was like, you know, at least I knew what you were headed for. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of run with it and move on. Fair. But it's definitely one I considered in this bottom section for sure. <laughs> so that leads us into our top five. But first, honorable mentions, the ones that just didn't make the cut. Honorable mentions. Okay. My honorable mention is one that I very well could have put in my top five. Same. But as I thought about it, it wasn't like a transformational movie for me. Sure. It's Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Like a part of me wants to be like, no, it's one of the best movies of the year. And it's like, okay, but there's been a lot of movies that we've seen that did something really extra above and beyond. Mm -hmm. This movie gets my honorable mention because it is a perfect blockbuster movie. It did everything I wanted it to do. It did everything I wanted for a sequel to Top Gun, which is one of my favorite movies yeah. from childhood. Mm-hmm. And it didn't it didn't shit on the original. It built on the lore. It, you know, it presented a fresh updated take on everything they did in the original movie. And it stayed true to the character. And it even got me a little weepy, just like the first one did. <laughs> like Everything about that movie, it was just like, checked every box I wanted it to check. And if you do that, you deserve a mention. It's not its not as great a movie experience as other things I've seen, but it was just so satisfying. It didn't hurt that we were in the D-Box seats. That doesn't hurt. But I, even if I hadn't been in the D-Box, I still would have enjoyed it so much. Oh, yeah. And I think that's really why it's gotten such critical success recently. Like you're hearing buzz about it for awards and not like it's going to win anything, but it's got a chance to make it into a top 10 best picture nominees because it just checks every box that it's supposed to. They just nailed it. It's good. And I think that I think that deserves the honorable mention for me. That's fair. I'm, I'm not mad about that. I'm actually really proud of you for not putting it in your top five. I, I thought about it. I was like, no, I knew you no, wanted no, no. to. That's a bad idea. It's it's a good film. I enjoyed it. I don't have the love letter for Top Gun that you do, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. I like Top Gun. I liked this. I had a good time. Cool. My honorable mention is Glass Onion, a Nines Out mystery. Fair. It's a great movie. It's so well done. It's so fun. It does everything that Death on the Nile didn't do, and I think it's great. It just doesn't. It didn't do anything so brand new and fresh that I'm like, oh, it has to be in the top five. It was like, it just did a really great job at being the second film in a very uh, kind of paint by numbers type of film. You know, the murder mystery film, you kind of go this and then this, this, and they just did such a great job at having fun with it. And, um, you know, I, I mean, of course I, I, w- I felt like I was able to figure it out, but that's okay too, because I enjoyed the journey. It's just good. And, you know, I can't get over how amazing an hourly dong is. It's just, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. very fair. All right. Let's get into the top five. Top five. 
And I'm going to start at number five with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. All right. So see, this is where I thought about putting Top Gun, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that Black Panther had such incredible, intense commentary mm-hmm. on so many different topics. It created an entirely new character and an entirely new world mm-hmm. in a way that didn't feel boring, that didn't feel like it dragged. Some people have commented that the movie's too long. I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel that way to me. I do understand why some people feel that way. It's, it, it wasn't fully mind-blowing, but for a Marvel movie, it did so much on such a deep, connective level that I can't not recognize it as one of the top five things I've seen this year, hmm. especially when I have gotten Marvel fatigue to some degree. There are some things that it's like, I don't care about this stuff. And then this came, it was like, holy shit, Ryan Coogler, you really made me care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made me care about these characters, which some directors just didn't this year. Yeah. All right. No, that's uh, cool. I can understand that. What's your number five? The Whale. Okay. I, I agree that it's not like the most innovative storytelling ever, but I feel like we picked a protagonist that was very interesting. and. Uh, yeah it is meant to make you feel uncomfortable and I thought that that was really interesting and I liked the story I mean as simple as it is I liked it and then it was performed so well and I feel like it's um it's a film that's gonna make people have a lot of conversations that do need to be had um and so for that I think it's number five okay yeah I it's to me it's just presented in the wrong way and so it it doesn't it doesn't go in the bottom or anything. It's just mm-hmm. outside of my top five. Okay. But it would be in my top ten for sure. Right. What number four? I'm pulling an audible at what I'm looking at on this list. I'm going to say bullet train. Every time you do this. I do it every time. I have to. Okay. I, I'm, I'm looking at it again, and I feel like I got to do some more. Bullet train is the most surprising, stupidly funny movie of the year. Some people are just going to look at this and go, oh, well, shoot him up. And I'm like, no, man. It's so good. No. I've watched it three times on Netflix. For a comedy this silly and a shoot him up this ridiculous to also be so thoughtfully crafted, mm-hmm. like there are jokes in this movie that require you to pay close attention to little things throughout the entire film to pay off. Yeah. And when they do, it's the most satisfying joke ever. <laughs> There's so much stuff jam-packed into it. Everybody acting is doing such amazing work. And it's just a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one of those films that you can watch it and go, everyone's having so much fun doing this. Everyone's having so much fun and everybody's embodying a character. And to me, the thing that really stands it apart is that it's just so well written and made. It was just so thought out. And I know it's coming from a novel and it makes me really want to read the novel, but it's just, it was the most surprising movie of the year for me by far. (laughs) And I've seen, it's funny because now that it's streaming, I'm seeing more and more people be like, hey, this movie's pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Because I get why people aren't going to theaters and don't want to, don't want to deal with that. And this was like, y'all are gonna be excited when this one finally hits like we went to go see it and we came out and i was like you have to take your mom to see this she will love it and you took her and she's like this movie's great 
And when I told her, it's, when I told her a couple, like a week or two ago, I was like, it's on Netflix. Like, ah, I know what I'm watching tonight. Pretty much. It's, it's a movie that you can just sit and turn on and giggle every time. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that movie, but it is not my number four. Okay. My number four is The Menu. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, this film is such a dark satire. And that does not always play well, but it is so well done. Major content warnings for that film, but I really loved it. And the more and more I think about it, I just go, that film was so good and so unexpected with how good it was. Like, I knew it was going to be weird, but I loved it. And that is hard. That does not happen very often with me. So, like, it definitely left an impression. And it was different. It was very different. I'm like, you know, you did something. I got to give you props. So it's number four for me. I actually didn't feel it was that different. Hmm. I thought it was perfectly executed. Don't get Hmm. me wrong. And it would be in my top 10 probably at this point. There's some movies that could knock it out. To me, it was I, I didn't put it up here because I thought it was a dark satire that hit on themes that are pretty common in dark satire. However, it was so thoroughly enjoyable because of how well done it was. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it rose to the unique storytelling that the other movies that that I put on my list are here. Mm-hmm. So, but I totally get it. That's that's a great movie. I have no complaints about that of paying money and seeing that film. Yeah. And about eating while doing it because man, that was pretty satisfying. It was. It was good. <laughs> All right. Uh where are we at with number 3? So, continuing with my audible, I am now going to put Nope at number three okay i I was wondering if that was gonna make it in there for you this is one of two movies that i saw this year that went so this is why you make fucking movies because you get to do shit like this (laughs) okay i expected some sort of an alien horror movie from jordan peele Mm -hmm. what i got was his jaws Hmm. it's one of the best blockbuster movies Mm -hmm. that's been made in any recent years that's got any level of just pure ingenuity and the perspective that it brings to that because of Jordan Peele, because of both of his actors and all of the layers that he's putting in there. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through for you to realize that it's not really a horror movie per se. It is a full on monster blockbuster movie. And he layer he's putting in so many different genre conventions with it. Like the fact that it turns out that a central, really dark scene in the movie came from one of his dreams in 2012 that he tweeted out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm tying every thread together. <laughs> it was just pure original movie making. Mm-hmm. And the acting's so fucking good. <laughs> like we forget about it. I would not be mad at all if Kiki Palmer or Daniel Kaluuya both get nominated for this because they're both that good in the movie. Oh, yeah. And I came out of that movie beaming because I was like, this is what you get to do when you put things on a camera. You get to come up with shit like this and just do it. And and we don't get that many movies like that Mm -hmm. because it's hard. You have to sell these things to people. So for somebody to get to just go out there and make that, audaciously and, and just be like you know i'm just gonna tell this really fucked up weird blockbuster story and everybody's just gonna go along for the roller coaster ride mm-hmm. I, that's in my top five i'm putting it at number three right here okay 
I mean, I really like Nope, but I feel like there's so much in that film that wasn't for me. And so like, I, I was like, I enjoyed it. Yes, Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kailua all day, every day. But, you know, uh, it just didn't, it just didn't land for me. Okay, fine. What's your number three? My number three is Black Panther. Hey. Oh man, this film had, this film had so much it had to accomplish and it did it and it did it really well. And they, I mean, I just love their social commentary that they have woven into that film. I mean, that's Ryan Coogler, who's so good. Costume design, again, is amazing. If it doesn't get nominated for costume design, I'm going to be fucking pissed because it is gorgeous. Of course. And the performances are so good and and interesting. And they also just touch on something that they touched on with um, like Spider-Man and uh, just dealing with grief. But they really, really dealt with it here in a way that they hadn't before. And it was beautiful and also made so much sense. And it, it, they used it to propel other characters forward um, in, in, in such interesting ways. And then as another part of this is that they, yes, they introduced a whole world. They introduced a, a bad guy who had every right to be pissed off and to have a problem. And he was interesting and uh, different and, you know, another person of color, which was great. And it was just fun. And yes, I agree that there's probably one storyline they could have cut, but I'm not mad about it. So that's fine. And I just really enjoyed that movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Mm, yeah. All right. Do we have the same one and two? I I guarantee we have the same one and two. And it's just a matter of, like we've been talking about this for a while, that it's probably a 1A, 1B situation. It, it is. Number two is the one, two, three. The Banshees, Banshees of, of Sharon. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this movie's so good. And I was not expecting to love it as much as I do. It is a beautiful film. It's so well told. It's amazingly acted. Colin Farrell just takes the film away. And I feel so bad because he is not going to win because Brendan Fraser's getting that. No, Sorry. probably not. Probably uh, not. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I can't, I can't be mad about it. But if Brendan Fraser loses to Colin, I won't be mad about it. I won't. It is such a good film. The writing is just so good. It's Martin McDonough. Everything he writes is fabulous. It's great. It really, truly is. I also have to point out here that the thing that really, really sold this movie and why it was it was suddenly really close to me for my number one and my number two was that this movie deals with cultural politics mm-hmm. in one of the most subtle beautiful ways i've ever seen yes and it's one of those things where you can really enjoy this movie even if you know nothing about the irish civil war if you know nothing about the troubles even if Mm -hmm. if you've like never ever delved anything into that hey it's me there's a reason why we did a history series (laughs) but even if you just know a little bit Mm -hmm. about that just the basics so much of the movie just resonates 10 Mm -hmm. times more deeply and the fact that he layered that in I just through doing theater and stuff have seen a couple of like Irish plays that deal with certain Irish cultural standings. Yeah. This just stands in that tradition. Yeah. Of taking a very simple story and using it to tell something so much bigger. It's so good. It's so it's good. Beautiful movie. Yeah. But <laughs> but there's one that stands above it. Say say it, Diana. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We saw this movie in March. March and nothing has come 
anywhere close to beating this movie. I mean, Banshees is close, but the for me, the reason why Everything Everywhere All at Once is is the 1A is not because its writing is perfect, because it's not, but they took this really beautiful story and they told it in the most interesting, fun, cinematic way possible in a way that is beautiful and haunting but also hilarious and fun and then you have these actors who are so amazing at what they're doing like it is a slam dunk on every single level no notes no notes and again you've been listening to us for any amount of time that is very rare for me we walked out of that movie and was like, so literally everyone better be nominated or we're going to be pissed, right? Like if it, if it misses a single category, they did something wrong. Yeah, someone's being a douche. Fuck it. Put it in live action short too. I don't care. It's that good. Yeah, I, I don't care. I want all the actors nominated. <laughs> I, I want it. It's, it's got to be up for best picture. It needs to be, be up for best director. It needs to be best writing. I could see some of the other films edging it out from special effects type stuff. I, I think the production value for costume makeup, uh, production design should be nominated. I don't think it'll necessarily win up against some of the other films, but it needs to be recognized as being awesome. Right. This isn't a movie that I expect to win everything. No. And I it could should win some of them. Right. And And honestly... While it would be frustrating, I wouldn't be mad if Banshees won Best Original Screenplay. Nah. If Daniels wins Best Director. Fair. Let's put it that way. But like nothing comes close to this. And again, I talked about there were two movies this year where I came out and was like, this is why we make movies. Mm -hmm. This is pure, pure cinema. Nobody can tell a story like this without movies, without mm -hmm. moving pictures. You cannot tell this story in the same way and with the audacity and fierceness and care that these two guys did without doing it on film. Yeah. It and like it feels really weird and pretentious to say this is pure cinema, but that's what this is. <laughs> it is. And it's so good and and it it also felt really sweet like sweet for us because they referenced some very specific things that you and I have actually watched for this show. Mm -hmm. I just it's just so good. And and I think the other thing that makes it so amazing is that this is the little engine that could mm -hmm. because this came out in March and this movie was poised to do pretty good. Michelle yeah. Yao and and the whole storyline seemed like lots of people are going to have fun seeing this movie. But then word of mouth got out and people kept seeing it mm -hmm. and kept seeing it. And then it yeah. got a re-release because more people wanted to see it. Yeah. And it's just kept going. And every time people see this movie, they every single one of them goes, you have to see it to mm -hmm. any other person they talk to. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me a lot of Parasite in that way. And, and especially for a movie that is so honestly wild, mm -hmm. grotesque in like the best sense of that term, mm -hmm. and just weird to have that kind of impact tells you how good a movie it is. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing is, we've only I've only seen it one time. I haven't watched it since then. No. I will. Don't yes. get me wrong. But the fact that it's had that big an impact on me, mm -hmm. I, it, it's, it's number one, far and away. <laughs> and there are some other movies that I love here. <laughs> mm -hmm. So 
yeah, there's there's no discounting that. At this point, the only movie that we haven't seen yet that I feel like has a very legitimate chance of breaking the top five is Tar. Yeah. That's the that's... only movie right now that I've I've heard enough about that is like, this sounds like, depending on how I feel about it, could break into this list for me somewhere. Fair. That's one that we missed. It was it was in our area for like maybe one weekend and we just couldn't make it work. Um, yeah. So uh, we suspect Kate Blanchett to get nominated for it, at which point we'll um, be seeking it out. Uh, heck, as soon as it, it streams somewhere, I'm going to I'm going to run to catch it. <laughs> yeah. Oscar nominations come out January 24th, uh, at which point we'll go through, you know, what what we have left to watch. We always watch all the best pictures. Um, and then from there, we prioritize, you know, making sure we see all the directing, writing and best performances. Um, usually from picture, you can get most of those. And then we just have a couple outliers. Last year, we had our smallest number ever, and we only had to watch six movies to get them all. Yeah, I I think it'll be smaller this year, to be honest, because there just haven't been as many. But, Though yeah, but, there have been some real late up and breaking yes. comers for acting specifically. Yes. So I think, you know, we, we, I, I think it'll be less than 10. Mm-hmm. But we have to watch, but but we'll see. So, but for 2022, um, I'm I'm happy with the top five. A lot of I will say this: I had more movies I think last year that I was like, I really like this movie. This year was like, there's a lot of movies that I watched. Yeah, didn't feel bad, didn't feel good. I just watched them. I I I think the highs were real high, and then everything else was kind of like, and also I don't feel like as many movies came out this year. No, well. That's very true. I mean, we've they've had to slow down a lot. The industry's having issues. Babylon is a big case in point and there's there's a lot of factors about the financials on that stuff. Like sure. I'm not going to I'm not going to fault those guys for a bad opening weekend when we had a literal terrible ice storm hit the entire country. Yeah, and then some of these bigger films were ones that were deeply affected by COVID and and with the, their start and stopping and and just trying to get it out regardless, you know, once movie theaters open back up and then, you know, the fighting of, you know, whether it goes uh, streaming or rele- box office release. So that's that's been uh, I think that's been a bigger issue this year than it was, say, last year. The whole industry is getting real weird. And in the next few years, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how we're consuming movies, because this year specifically, I think, started to read as we're starting to see the struggle of how are they going to actually do this going forward? Fair. I think this I, I think at least for us, it, we definitely were having the conversation on a more regular basis is like, I'm not paying money for that. I don't want to sit in a theater for that. I will wait till it's home. And whereas, you know, we paid a lot more money to go have the Top Gun experience because that's the type of film we want to see in a theater. Um, so, yeah, it's it's those types of conversations that, yeah. um, that are becoming uh, not just from movie snobs like us, but just everyday people, um, everyday film consumers, if you will. God, I really wish I hadn't seen Don't Worry, Darling in a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for 2022. So until next year. Have a good movie. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. 
For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.